Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by my wonderful co-host, Jet Force Gemini. It always feels like coming home, returning to Johto. That is true. It is the objectively best region in the entire Pokemon world, and you cannot change my mind on that. It's it's just too pretty to ignore. That is, And everything's named after... Four or trees, if I remember correctly. That was like the little gimmick. I thought you were going to say wood. Yeah, wood. (laughs) (laughs) Going on, segueing into that, we do have some very nifty news that came out from the Silph Arena, and they are saying that season five will not start in October, just like previous seasons from one through, excuse me, from two to two to four. Season one, we started in like January, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was it was kind of just right after the the PVP drop, and then they kind of got to make an actual decision for season two. That is true. I, I, yeah, that was a fun one. What do you think they're on about? What's the what's the pause for? I think the pause is so that everybody can take a, a short break to kind of recap after Worlds at the end of September, and then I think instead of like September usually being the off season for the world championships of Sylph in previous seasons, October will serve as that off season. So we might start in November, and I think that would be a pretty okay-ish idea if it weren't for this thing called Daylight Savings Time, because I like to go outside. <laughs> does, does that mess with your brain when you have to save daylight? It does. I don't, like, it. last episode we knew that time zones really messed with me, and now you're adding time zones and daylight savings time when it looks like it's dark at 5.30 in the afternoon. No, thank you. It is tough. I will be, <laughs> I will be a sweet summer child all I want. That, uh, what, what is it? The, the corporate inspired jet lag. <laughs> you're going to do it and you're going to like it. We're moving, we're moving away from it out here. At least I don't know if you guys have voted on that yet, but I think we're in position to opt out. Unfortunately, because daylight savings time was meant to help the farmers and out here in Iowa, we have a whole bunch of farmers. I don't think we're vote- opting out of that anytime soon. The land of corn. Yeah. At least we feed the rest of the United States, so we're okay. I guess we can be okay. I guess. Take your corn and like it. <laughs> uh, I also don't hate the idea of them postponing even as far as January. I saw they're also looking for more volunteers to be on the meta teams themselves. So it might be best to go ahead and skip to the more distilled part of self. There was always kind of that weird intro in October, November, December, where it was like, yeah, this is kind of the first leg, and then we take a month off, and then there's the four or five months leading up to regionals where I think you might get a lot more, I don't want to say competitive, but intense battles and focus if you just have that run up straight into regionals. That is true. And I think, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on for a second, but I think that with them moving away from October, it doesn't necessarily limit them to doing Halloween-inspired cups because I don't remember what cup was inspired in season two, but last year we started with the Lunar Cup, and then there was like a like a spooky Halloween cup in season three. But season two is just too far away for me to remember. There was there was like sinister and some other spooky worded cup also. The Garatina Cup, where everybody uses Garatina. I'm actually no, that would be a terrible idea. 
don't do that. I don't. I wouldn't hate having a Giratina for Great League, but I don't have a Giratina for Great League. And I let's see. Nope, I do not. <laughs> it was yeah. The Sinister the Sinister Cup was season two, and then the 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 Sunrise Cup was season three, which wasn't spooky inspired. Oh well. But you live and let live. <laughs> but yeah, there there have been quite a few that were more or less. Hey, it's the ghost time. Let's all play with the ghosts. I rem- I still remember Sinister Cup. Uh, of Lucario with Shadow Ball after a power-up punch would destroy the entire meta. And it was before the power-up punch nerf, so it was also just a legitimate strategy to power-up punch everything. It's almost has enough skill as using Bastodon in the Open Great League, just smack down all the Talon Flames or charming all dragons. <laughs> I was I was going to ask, do you have any more tinfoil hat ideas for what might come out of Sylph next? Like if they're looking to really not compete so much with the play Pokemon events or if they're going to be going a bit more wild for, for Spice or anything like that? I think they're going to end up working with Niantic to not only use the GBL inspired cups that we're having, like the Weather Cup, the Love Cup, so on and so forth, but I think later on in like I'm gonna say season whatever season 12 season 15 in GBL they'll kind of start doing like these these nifty little things and eventually they'll put like a trophy case where you can like collect little badges for like oh this is your win streak for for your your cup perform night sorry yeah your cup performance and it'll just be integrated into Niantic's campfire because they're really trying to push that I honestly keep forgetting that it has a chat function <laughs> I, I appreciate it as a raid map and just being able to check and not have to like use a website or anything but <laughs> I forget that it actually has support for finding people one thing we we do have to remember about campfire is it is very much still in beta and I have been Every time I see, like, I have an idea, even if it's a, what I'm going to call a taco idea, which it could be good, it could be bad, just depends on the day. I'll send it up to the feedback section and say, hey, have you guys tried this? But my most requested feature is calling out rare spawns with the flare feature or like telling us what Pokemon it is. That that sounds super handy to at least be able to mark for your friends, like even if it's not a global announcement kind of thing because you know some people may or may not appreciate a bunch of extra stuff on their map but even even a filter for that and how do do i say this more integration with the flares i think is also nice like if if in the game i was able to see how many flares there were for a certain raid and if people have completed it yet that would be better for my just sense of security especially on some of the harder bosses like this this section obviously it doesn't matter as much because cartana is basically solo but the uh like the deoxys defense and even like the the zashin and zamazenta those are hard enough where if i've got the right people it's fine but if i don't then it can be a little bit more tricky to get a raid done (laughs) that is true and one thing that a lot of players i think they some some of them remember and some of them don't is the people that got access to campfire basically control how it's going to be done or how it's going to be integrated and i do i can tell you from my sources that all the feedback they take they are working on a roadmap and trying to get it out as soon as they can however with niantic we don't know when that's going to happen it'll happen when it happens I guess that's also been my uh, just negligence towards the app 
is the fact that I've had it for so long, and essentially every time I look, there are just no flares on anything. So it's just like, well, <laughs> it feels weird to just put up a flare for myself. And... <laughs> Like knowing that it's essentially not being used yet, like I, it, it's just, it's just very strange beta, I guess. Well, did you did you also notice that when somebody on your friends list lights a flare, you get a push notification, which is okay. However, if somebody, if you're friends with say someone on the other side of the world and they light a flare, you're gonna get that push notification, and it's gonna be kind of weird. Like, hey, I, I get that you're in France and you see a Cartana, but I'm not gonna. Go Go out and raid it because i'm trying to sleep right now <laughs> yeah yeah if if you're even awake well you might be now that the notification has come through and yeah i definitely noticed that as soon as they added that feature i was getting those notifications and i quickly turned them off because why why would i want a bunch of in-person notifications basically for people who i could not physically go join up with them right and i think that I think Niantic's working on that too. Or at least give us the option to receive notifications from some friends that are like within two miles of you versus two worlds away from you. Have yeah, have some kind of local filter. Like let's let's bring this down a notch. Right. So that's gonna wrap it up for the the PvP news relevant section. And we're gonna dive right into the first week or the first bout, excuse me, of cycle two. Like we talked about last week. We're gonna start with open and work our way work our way up to bronze, where we will stop. Do you do you wanna share a little bit about how the first week went for you, Taco? I would bout, rather bout not blood. but I <laughs> I would rather not, but I know I have to. So <laughs> this first match, the Angry Bottoms fought up against the Barktown Boomers. They put up they ended up winning 13 to 8. Unfortunately, I was one of two members on our team that did not get a single point. I got 3 0'd. How did that make you feel? I ran <laughs> I ran the double dragon core. Yeah. And my opponent ran the Fairy Ice Core. So this is one of them unfair matchups? Yes. I will definitely say it was unfair. <laughs> However, if you have if you don't know type matchups in Pokemon, which I know there are some viewers out there that don't, dragons are double weak or double resisted against fairy. And fairies are super effective against dragon. And ice is the same way. So I had a lot of firepower, but I was essentially shooting BBs at a tank and got obliterated. Just not quite getting the mileage you wanted. No. Nope. So that was my that was my first bout experience. Jet, what about your first bout experience <laughs> in Cycle Two? Oh me oh my. My my first bout experience was feeling the effects of not playing factions for a couple months and having the GBL cups maybe influence some of my movesets that I forgot to check before my match started. So it was, it was you know, one of those PSA things for everyone, you know, just even on the Pokemon that you don't think you would ever change for any reason, make sure you double check before the actual match begins. Uh, apart from that, I had a lovely opponent who was a wonderful human being and we had good battles. I think I really only ended up losing one of the games just because of <sighs> I had two moves that weren't set correctly. If either if one of them was set correctly, I think that would have flipped one of the games, but alas, it was not meant to be. So, I got to I got to, you know, learn again not to do that. And then, as far as a team building standpoint, I am really appreciating 
how we get some of the older GBL cores back for free, but the factions cores that kind of crept up are now very much stuffed away into separate corners. This is for, for Open Great League, anyway. I was say, with Open Great League, they had one of the bigger changes with there is now, instead of picking like two or three restrict, I think it's two restricted Pokemon last cycle, and then building a team around three un- three or three or four unrestricted. Now it's the restricted list is smaller, but you get to choose one of them. Right. And so it was, it was a pretty sizable list last time and it was it was pick three but you could essentially just build a team out of those three and then have some support on the wings outside of that and and get away with running that core for all of your bouts if you wanted and this is quite a bit different from that where i think most people are going like the galarian stunfisk route but especially because walrene is still on that super short restricted list i don't see that one popping up very much and that's it's really surprising that you would say that galarian stunfist is starting to make like a little bit of a return because of the recent addition to uh double kick and surf lantern i figured that would have kind of kept the the bear trap pokemon at bay there's they're definitely give and take with the lantern i my opponent didn't bring it neither did i but I imagine that it's probably decently common, just because I mean it's it is it still fills its role as a hard answer to Azumarill, who now is no longer restricted, so you're free to pick that up. And then yeah, you have more play into the Galarian Stunfist now that you don't have to go all the way for that Hydro Pump, but at the same time, like one Earthquake is still going to take you out. So unless you're running Water Gun as well, like you're really not threatening the G Fisk until kind of an end game scenario. Well, that is that is a really nice insight on Open Great League, and I don't know how you're able to basically bring nine unique teams to stay ahead of your opponent. <laughs> I mean, on the on the plus side, like I've been playing long enough that I have a lot of picks to choose from, and it can really be as simple as I want to start my team with this particular Pokemon this week. Gotcha. And just yeah, go go from there. Like it, it doesn't have to be stressful. <laughs> like I I know it's it's not as uh, friendly numbers wise on the team builder when you're just kind of trying to get under the 600 mark as opposed to in your more restricted meta it's it's very much in and around the 500 mark <laughs> that is true so yeah it's it's really a decision of what am i okay being weak to or even being able to play out some teamwork or bait in from my potential opponent's team that that is a a nice way to to mention it excuse me oh yeah so what else what else happened in open tier so we have a team that we're actually going to spotlight and we chose before the before the break or before we started excuse me we were choosing hear me pyroar but like since you brought up what else happened one score that i thought i was never going to see was the completely flawless victory of inglorious bastodons putting up 21 points against their opponent exitalis the Tales? Tales. I'm going to go with Tales. English is hard. I, I, I hope they clarify for us. If someone on that team is listening and reach out, please, by all means, tell us how we pronounce it because I don't like butchering two names. So they managed, so Inglorious Bastidons put on a show and getting three points every single 
match, which is what I thought was never going to happen. Up until then, the highest score that I saw was 18 to 3 when we put that score up last cycle. And just this time, we have three three teams that put up more than 19 points. Yeah, which is insane and a way higher disparity than I thought we were going to get going into this cycle. I think it's safe to say that open tier cycle, that North America open tier has become the gauntlet and not iron tier. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and on top of kind of the the farm teams for some of the others, there's also just brand new teams that open is just where you start. So until they get a few cycles under their belt and get kind of their acclimation done, you don't really know where they're going to settle. This is true. And even, well, like you were saying, the farm teams, some of the teams that I'm kind of looking at that are sticking out, aside from Inglorious Bastodons, they could be a team of all Emerald tier players, and we don't, we wouldn't know that. Or they could have just gotten really lucky on their bouts and just been like rock, paper, scissors, I win. So I'm definitely going to put both of those teams on like a, a, a bubble to see like after they get since both those teams are really new. I'm going to see how well they, they really are before we put them like, oh, well, they're a, they're a middle team or they're a they're like a, a really high team. I don't want to say they're a bottom team because the only bottom team is us and that's where the angry that's where the angry slot goes. So everyone's either a mid or a top. We are a bottom and we are going to be angry. Yeah, the I don't think that uh, bottom energy really ever goes away. It never does. The Some of the teams got relegated like and i'm gonna pick on i'm gonna pick on the girls at pvp server a little bit the queen bees had a very tough matchup against a powerhouse or a middle tier team pineapple express who finished just below us i believe they finished 12th last cycle i think i think you combined the two girls at pvp teams there's hear me pyroar and there's oh the queen bees yeah yeah my bad (laughs) <laughs> you're right they're, they're right they fought right next to each other they were 14 and 15 they were holding hands. they they both had the exact same score wow yeah taco has salsa again but okay so here we are the queen bees fought the island guardians one team that was relegated and one brand new team and was able to take nine points off of them however they did fall a little short in a very close 12 to 9 match as, as i recall they were pretty far behind from the onset so to end close you can see that it was really those last two slots the timeless and sorceress that made all the difference if i remember correctly like you said the island guardians was on a six was on a six zero run before the weekend so to put to basically outscore your opponent nine to six is nothing to sneeze is nothing to scoff at yeah the the back half they they managed to make up some ground so Nice job, ladies. Even though you, even though y'all came up short, you guys are still gonna go far. However, I do have to. I'm, I'm gonna pick. Hear me, Pyroar is going to be the ultimate queen bee because fire beats bug. There's, there's just no ifs ands around it. <laughs> We're just going back to the type chart on this one. I will point at the type chart as many times as I can. Before we move from the the queen bees matchup, though, I want to take a look at that timeless uh, set that they had because the between. S- but the starter, was it between Mama Climbs and Flywalker? Yes. So the starter that Flywalker chose to bring was Grovile. Oh, that's a spicy one. Yeah. It looks like he had some good support around it, but I'm just not sure if that's quite what you want for this meta. Well, Grovile can use Bullet Seed and Leaf Blade, right? Yeah. And then maybe Aerial Ace? 
It's like, as far as I know, it's just a not as good septile. Sorry, it's Quick Attack, Leaf Blade, Aerial Ace is the recommended set on PV Poke. So I guess they really wanted to try the Quick Attack buff. Which has definitely helped some Pokemon. Like, I know Victini in the Psychic Cup is getting a lot of attention just because of that Quick Attack buff. <laughs> I didn't play Psychic Cup, it was too scary for me. I also didn't play, but I saw enough games to know that that thing was just murdering people and mine is too bad to even build <laughs> that is true because you only get one when shiny victini win right let's oh wait no you can't even trade for a better ivy roll because mythicals yep that's rough so the you know one of the teams that i we missed last episode was the northeast battlers shuckle chuckers i did not know that was another team from the northeast out of the northeast battlers so i believe that's I think that's their C team as well. Someone's chucking shuckles? That's a hate crime. Oh man, that that logo. <laughs> that logo is nightmare fuel. Oh. But I... they were fighting against bad Mewtwo's, so maybe it's the logo that they gotta change. Back to the drawing board, please. <laughs> and then we've got the C team of SoCal Swablu. This time it's the San Diego team. Put up an impressive 19 points against the Gucci Gang Grippers. Any any standouts from their pick? Like, I know we've talked about uh, Primeval a little bit. Did they run anything interesting? So for Primeval, the Gucci Gang Grippers also ran a Double Dragon Core, but right there was the Fairy and Ice Core to neutralize the Double Dragons. And it was very depressing. And we were, we were talking about Grovile Sceptile a second ago, and I see a Sceptile snuck into a Primeval team. That is not something I expected to see. I think it's I think the reason why people bring Sceptile is they don't want to see... They want to make sure that Lantern stays at home. But Sceptile has absolutely no play against dragons in this meta, in the Primeval meta. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, to, so to speak. I guess you do have the ability to at least trade a little bit with a Cradillia or a Sudowoodo and then drop a Dragon Claw maybe on a Dragonair, but that thing is pretty frail. I don't want to say you're wrong on the on the Cradley matchup because with using Bullet Sea, it, it would essentially be walled and then Leaf Blade would do maybe a chip or two before Cradley Grass Knots you to death or hits you with a Lucky Stone Edge. I'm just thinking of things outside of the Lantern. Like, maybe it can just help you get some alignment, even, oh. if, even if you're throwing it in there to lose. Like, threatening a Frenzy Plant is, is always... A handy thing. Yeah, those always you always have to respect the frenzy plant and a blast burn. You don't have to respect Hydro Cannon that much though. Yeah, that move got nerfed. Good old Mudshot Swampert here to save here to mess everything up. But legitimately though, I was a little sad because I really liked running Water Gun, Hydro Cannon, Blastoise, and just watching things melt. But then that happened, I go, Well, there goes my Blastoise. You've served me well. <laughs> Some of the other Academy teams, unfortunately, did not have a good showing, or not a good showing, excuse me, did not have the most spectacular showing. One of which I'm looking at is the Palatown Red team out of the Palatown PvP server. They unfortunately lost 8 to 13, which is still a really close team, really close match as well. And I just had it. Oh, uh, beginner to winner part two. They also lost 13 to eight, and once again a very close matchup. And unfortunately, it just took one one three zero because I believe they were eight and eight going into the last match. So talk about your pressure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, a bit of a cleanup occurring happening. But you know, 
congratulations to the teams that won and the teams that lost. You know, one one bad week does not make an entire segment. I'm looking over at you, Angry Bottoms. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bottom our way to the top. And on the the flip side of that, I guess the last matchup we kind of have to talk about is the Wigglytuff Warriors. Oh, that's right. Talking about talking about cautionary tales. So the Wigglytuff Warriors match is definitely going to be the case study for always set your lineups, even if you don't think you're going to do well, because it's better to give up zero points for free than giving up two. When the site, when the bout started on Wednesday night, the Outcast team had not set five lineups, so they gave the Wigglytuff Warriors ten free points. In order to win, you need eleven. All the Wigglytuff Warrior team had to do was put one point on the board, and they would win. Well, and that would be under normal circumstances, but like the Outcast could put up a grand total of six points, so they had already. They had already won. Then you were right. The Wheel of Tough Warriors essentially got a free win. And that's our proverbial buy, unfortunately. So please, 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 please set your lineups. And it looks as though... I was excited that we were going to, you know, have an even number of teams and there wouldn't be any of the the buy business. But (laughs) hopefully that's the end of that. I guess we can. I guess we can check real quick, see where uh, the outcasts are, and if they have teams. It looks like the Spice Rat got no free points, so they got all their teams set this time. Actually, every, all 40 teams set their lineups. Had all seven players set their lineups this time. So it looks like that everyone saw it and went, "Oh, we should really set our lineups." I'm. I'm still not convinced that they weren't doing that just to give themselves a little bit of an easier draw through the rest of this cycle. Oh, the big brain thing over there keep their keep their strat secret for another week <laughs> jet you're you're i'm gonna have to give you this tinfoil hat <laughs> wear it with pride that's that's my that's my one we'll we'll, we'll have to like keep a, a separate eye out for them just see if they take advantage of their low seating watch uh watch the outcast go eight and one now but <laughs> They go eight and one and get promoted. If they get go eight and one and get promoted and they lo- and this happens, I'm gonna be very angry. But not just like angry bottom angry. Just like angry, I'm going to have to cool off by just like just destroying teams in the go battle league. Angry. <laughs> well, I'll give you a little bit of motivation for the ultra league, wouldn't it? That would. Cause I have to jump into the ultra league next since they just started as a today from this recording. Uh, shall we take a look at uh, the? hear me prior teams just to maybe open great league and primeval see what happened there yeah absolutely see what so picks their rock seeing as it open i was gonna say seeing as open great league is at the top i'll let you start while i look at the primeval teams so it, i mean it looks kind of similar to what i described before where both of them are running that galarian stunfisk in their restricted spot and then there is a lantern and this is i think the yeah one of the two slots that they came out ahead so it looks like the double fairy kind of helped keep alteria in check is my guess because that's kind of one of the the big picks for open great league right now is Altaria just because it does so well into every match that matchup that's even neutral it does it's just got so much bulk like even some that based on the type wheel you would think oh it doesn't have any business there the dragon breaths add up 
and putting a stop to it here like it didn't have as much to take advantage of like the venusaur is the potential hard counter but when you're staring down g-fisk and two fairies and even a lantern and a talon flame that can kind of bite back it's it's tough to run right and i think i think that alola ninetales ran charm and so that would also kind of keep the scrafty at bay too no right and the only answer then i, I think you're kind of stuck in ground mode if if you're running the the g-fisk and the swamper yeah and then you could use you could possibly use tropius as your abb line or if you run with leading with swamper then you have an aab line yeah so I'm, I'm gonna say just from the onset that they probably had a little bit of a team comp advantage but playing it out is still the name of the game like the yeah the, the having having your your matrix built and knowing what your win cons are potentially is kind of the the coolest thing about factions compared to the regular self cups just that you get to have that extra level of insight and it makes the the learning curve of having a different team every week not so bad that is true and you know the pineapple express player was able to even though they were facing an uphill battle, they at least took a game off of the Hear Me Pyro's player. Right, and and that just speaks to really looking into their own win conditions and adapting, probably. Mm-hmm. It's like, some of these, I wish there was an ability to have at least the play-by-play, so you could see who won which games. So if it was really a they came out with a surprise first game, and then lost the next two, or vice versa, where it was right. like, oh, they had, they had the foot on the gas for the first two and then let it up a little bit like I feel like that is a bad habit that I've heard some people talk about from Sylph Cups is that they win two and then they kind of get out of gear just because they're used to that being okay now I'm done I I don't I don't really need to embarrass this person because I've already won my round right the unfortunate part with that is with Sylph at least or with Sylph Arena factions is every point counts (laughs) yeah so you're always wanting to go for that 3-0 then a (laughs) 2-1 And in something like this case, like it would make it then just a one point bout. <laughs> so, and it's and it's little things like that that really make you feel that every game does matter, right? Especially down. I'm gonna kind of steal the the spotlight and go down. Go for it. Go, going down the line into the prime evil matchups. Had one of the hear me. Uh, hear me pyroar teams flipped the 2-1 the other direction they very and of course won the great league match they very well or if they 3-0 the great league match they very well could have taken this bout however in the first one because i got two matches to go over the first player ran a fairy ice core with support from dragonair sudowoodo cradley and overquill the opponent also brought the fairy ice core and had dragonair and sudowoodo and cradley but had galvantula and celio instead of the frostlass and i forgot to mention the first player had bear tip and i think bear tip gets access to charm to kind of do a pseudo double fairy and it's yeah and it's super attack weighted and it gets some decently fast charge moves also so it's not even you're just dealing with charm you're having to field likely ice punches or surfs ah that's that's scary and so kind of looking at this these teams could have gone either way and so i'm gonna put my my tinfoil hat's gonna go back on and say this was a one and one fight and game three is ultimately decided by a last who could get to the charge move first 
So you're you're looking at it as they lost two tiebreakers just across their primeval slots. Yes. Well, I haven't gone I haven't gone to the second match yet, so I don't know about that one yet. <laughs> that was that was a that's another combination that could have decided the entire bout. Yeah. The the pseudo fairy is is an interesting one because they even have they brought Overquill to kind of put their opponents' fairies in in check, and I think that's very interesting team building on their part because assuming assuming the the Overquill provided enough bench pressure that would neut- and you brought Tapufini or Bear Tick, you essentially can't really bring Dragonair or the the Tabofini so you essentially force a 4 on 6 versus a 6 on 6 it's such a it's such a dangerous way to think as soon as you decide that you can't bring something right however there is sometimes you're going to fight you're going to get into a matchup where say someone brings a lantern and you look on the bench and say okay my lantern is going to get walled by at least two or three of these pokemon i better leave lantern on the bench i don't i don't i don't know man sometimes that is a dangerous assumption then though that you can't bring it and if they think you won't it might be that much better when you do i I see what you're saying and so i think that if something like that were to happen i would bring it in game two to surprise them just to make it feel like their their little trap was working yeah and so like when something like that happens you go oh well now it's now instead of it you're being down a game or if you win a game and then they're like oh okay well you go in for the kill and surprise them with lantern now you're either up 2-0 or your gamble failed and you're one one and then in game three all bets are off and that's when those that's when the fun part begins so that's kind of like my my train of thought and maybe maybe not knowing the bear tick matchup too much because I, I know sudowoodo can kind of handle bear tick can't really handle tapu fini because of the rock type yeah unless unless you really go off script and run something like rock throw i'm for it not in this meta but i'm for running a rock throw sudowoodo yeah it, it does a very different job so I, I think it's uh it's worth it's worth at least having at the back of your mind if you're running sudowoodo but yeah, here it's more <laughs> often going to be counter. Right. So I'm going to go ahead and move into the second, the second primeval slot and saying that Lapras Rules 12 brought, didn't really bring a fairy type user, but they did bring the Altaria Lantern Core, which is super deadly because, oh, and they also brought Frostlass for good measure because, you know, Frostlass is the most broken Pokemon in restricted metas known to man. <laughs> it's everywhere. Hashtag ban Frostlass. And... The opponent brought double dragon, ice, and fairy. With or actually double ice, double dragon, fairy, and Snorlax. Snorlax can be a fairy if you want. This was def this was definitely a a matchup of two completely separate cores duking it out. However, we do have to respect Hisui and Quillfish, with the poison jabs can really hurt Tapofini. And I think in this matchup, I would put Ice Beam on Hisui and Quillfish for that nuke mm. option to apply as much bench pressure as possible. Yeah, that uh, and might even be worth considering running double nukes on the Hisui and Quillfish because the Aqua Tail isn't going to chip very much on this lineup. Right. <laughs> Hisui and Quillfish has a closer. That seems really nifty. Kind of, yeah, kind of an alternate Frostless. That's or both. Why not both? Por qué no los dos? I, uh, and so with a team like I was just gonna ask if you have a Tapufini because the, that's the other thing that's surprising me about between these four teams is that there are three Tapufini. I do not have a Tapufini, but I can definitely trade for a few in my home community. So 
I'm definitely going to try to do that sometime this week. Maybe I'll get out for community day and do a couple yeah, of Yeah, you got to take advantage of that extra special trade that they're giving us and the discount as well. I think that was last season. For the season, yes. But on community days, they're continuing to give us extra special trade. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, it's also both. <laughs> so I think with this one, with two separate cores battling it out, it really, I think this one was more rock, paper, scissors based in whose core eventually won out. Cause I don't think I can pick a, a flat out winner using just this team comp. I do have to point out that Lapras rules ended up beating a Lapras without using a, a Lapras. <laughs> okay. It feels wrong somehow <laughs> i'm i honestly i would probably want to fight the 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 quillfish frost lass over the double fairy double dragon double ice super mega voltron looking team over there because even though it was a 2-1 could have very easily been a 1-2 in favor of the hear me pyroid yeah I'm, I'm wondering if they leveraged the barbarical rock damage to put a dent in most of that team i was gonna say doesn't barbaro only know fury cutter yeah but it gets that stone edge that's true stone edge is scary and cross chop at least hits the ice and darks for something it hurts lapras doesn't really hurt frost last that much but it's the it's that threat of the stone edge that keeps you on your toes oh okay yeah i see what you're saying well all right so that is going to cover the open tier yeah do you have any predictions for for bout two now that we've gotten a little bit of a taste of what these teams are bringing to the table well these teams are incredibly talented I'm going to say that right off the bat. And I'm going to see SoCal Swablu continue to dominate. I think Inglorious Bastodons might falter a bit. If they win, they're going to win by maybe two or three points instead of the 21 and Anything less than 21 is going to feel a little unsatisfactory, right? <laughs> hey, honestly, I would feel a lot better losing 16 to 5 versus 18 to 3. So the only time is going to tell at the yeah. top. I'm just I'm very curious overall just to see who comes out as the two O's for about three. I think that's gonna really start to tell us more of a story and hopefully really start to show the whole I wanna say arc of this cycle, like who's 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 gonna be battling it out for the top for real and who just had maybe a bit of a one-sided matchup in bout one. My whole my whole thing is I don't, this is going to be a, an incredibly hot take, but I don't want to see any academy teams at the top. Who's our who's our first non-academy team right now? Is that Spice for Life? Well, we have yeah, SoCal Swablu's academy. I think Northeast Battler's Winter Vortex is also an academy team. So the Bastodons and Spice for Life are currently the two highest, right? Yeah, I think. And then there's also... We also got can't remember, forget about Stadium Elite Silver down there in the seventh matchup. They can, if they're not careful, and I know that's Ghost Stadium's team, and you don't mess with Ghost Stadium's teams because they're very good. But if if the if we can show these these academy teams that they have to fight for them and possibly falter, then it's going to be a good showing. I think the nice thing about having so many academy teams right now is it just puts more attention on the open tier. I will say it, the open tier is the the best tier and it's the hardest tier to get through because unfortunately like the other tiers, you don't fight round robin, you fight Swiss 
and you're at the mercy of the computer. And your matchups are actually based on how well everyone is doing, and that's like regular Sylph, but at the same time much more dynamic than the other faction tiers you were talking about. Right. Speaking of which, is it is it time to move up to the theoretical gauntlet? <laughs> the- yes, it is definitely time to move up to the theoretical gauntlet, or as I like to call it, the teams that lucked out last cycle. <laughs> It got put in the iron from open and leave us to fight amongst each other. So to do a quick recap, and it's gonna be it's gonna go a lot shorter because there's only ten teams to cover. Maybe we've got our spotlights. Field team six. We just need to call it out. We do. We we will do that. However, before we do that, the objectively best logo in the iron tier, Masubi, because sushis sushi rolls are the best. Won a very close game against the OKC Shell Smashers. So I give you guys a round of applause. Sphere Team Six won against the Badoof Team, Peterborough Doofs. The Thunder Ducks pulled off an incredible upset against Sharks and Wreck. Rock Paper Star continues their eight and one dominance with a one and zero showing against. Against Mazer Gaming Academy and Brave Nerds PvP shows us that they don't belong in Iron Tier. They want to go for higher and put a SmackDown against the Frost Rats. It really is. It is wow. So strange seeing so many teams from Open last cycle up here with how everything shook up with fixing the tiers that had too many or not enough teams (laughs) yeah i was really surprised about that too i think it was the badoof team that was promoted and then brought back down and then they forgot to set a couple of their rosters as well so on the plus side it does look like they learned from that and have set all of their teams going into bout two yeah great job y'all was there anything from Sphere Team 6 primeval matchup that we should uh, shout out here. So the unfortunately the team the person that lost or GCG1988 ran a double dragon ice core right into CF and Butters's ice fairy core and in the bottom tier you had the double dragon ice double dragon core actually beat the ice fairy core and that's the that's the first time I've seen this happen with Altaria Lantern's wireless Cradley, Lapras, and Galvantula going up against a Zwilus, Cradley, Dedane, Munchlax, Lantern, and Avalug. Do you do you think do you think it's the Avalug that is making the difference there being the ice types, not Frostlass this time? On either team, actually. Well, Avalug is very um fast move pressure y with Ice Fang being very just being very um what's the word I'm looking for? Very damage reliant. And I think with Avalug might be a little bit of a dark horse pick because you can run crunch on it and really flip the frost last matchup as well as get that potential debuff everyone loves fishing for debuff so this one oh yeah i'm a sucker for debuffs that's why that's why everybody ran poison fang needle queen and earth power needle queen because like it or not you're getting debuffed it's gonna happen <laughs> so that is my wrap up on that i actually wanted to kind of point out maybe spotlight and op- uh the ultra league or the master league team because they looked really interesting as well oh yeah both of both of the master but, league players ran mega charizard x i guess now the question is did they run it with dragon breath or did they run it with fire spin seeing i think feeling this one probably ran it with dragon breath because you smacked down Garchomp, Garatina, the opposing Mega Charizard X, and if you can get to the moves. Oh, did I say Zekrom? Because Zekrom's a dragon. No, type. yeah, the, having the three dragons in a row really kind of 
pushes that into dragon breath territory and then you bring up togekiss for you bring up togekiss to kind of man the the front and then gyarados or gyarados or mewtwo for shadow ball for shadow balling metagross in the back looks to be a a very open and shut 3-0 the way i'm kind of looking at it it's always surprising to me whenever i look at the matrix for master league how much pressure Mewtwo puts on even in matchups that going back to that type chart it really shouldn't be having as good a time as it ends up having just because its stats are so much higher and Psy Strike is so good. Psy Strike is great to run. Shadow Ball is also equally as deadly. However, the other thing that really kind of needs to be pointed out is Mewtwo also has access to Flamethrower, Thunderbolt, and Ice Beam, which are no weak moves to kind of scoff at. A well-placed Flamethrower or a well-placed Thunderbolt can really turn the tide if you're if you're not careful. Yeah, having having all those coverage options makes Mewtwo a different Pokemon every week almost. Yeah, and especially since we did have the Mewtwo the Mewtwo uh, the Mewtwo bi week or bi weekly event bi monthly event excuse me where we had two weeks of Mewtwo. I know I have a lot of candy saved up for for your someday investments into Mewtwo. Yeah, well I have one level forty Mewtwo, and that was that's only because it was perfect. But I do have like four night. Mewtwo's that I'm sitting on. And then there's the Shadow Mewtwo that, of course, I don't want to power it up, but I have to. Did you end up with one Mewtwo, or do you have? Did you have a couple? I have a few. Yeah, the oh, Shadow with the one. Shadow Mewtwo's, I got three. So you can you can keep one for Great League, right? I do have one for Great. I do have one built for Great League already. There you go. And you're all set. Its name, <laughs> its name is Glass because it only takes like two or three gusts and it dies. <laughs> Yeah, you, <laughs> you're not about to tank anything with it, but nothing's taking your hits either. But landing a side strike destroys anything it touches, and I'm here for that. It comes straight from that shadowy place. It is the elephant graveyard. Mewtwo about to send someone to the shadow realm. We can still make those references, right? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh is everywhere. It is eternal. Did we did we have any other highlights for Iron Tier? For Iron Tier, I think. Well, unfortunately, uh, I was gonna say we do have to uh, highlight Seal Team Six's next opponent, which is Masubi, and it's gonna be the battle of the awesome logos. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna break your heart no matter what. It is. I want the sushi. I want the sushi roll team to win, but I also want the cute little Sfeel to win or the cute little angry Sfeel. So I I think I'm gonna pick Masubi, but it's gonna break my heart picking that team it's it's okay they'll they'll just have this one week where they unfortunately one of them has to lose and then the rest they can win as long as they still get promoted in the end i'm okay yeah i mean they just have to be the top two and not not that i'm saying it's going to be easy this time having played several of these teams but i will say i'm very curious how mazer gaming academy is gonna proceed now that they're the top ranked mazer team and running i think they're running nine players right yes because one of their players moved up to join the final boss emerald tier team over the off season so we wish them the best of luck and mazer gaming we haven't forgotten you either (laughs) you're still very much in the head and they do also do an amazing I will do a shameless plug. We're not sponsored by Mazer Gaming, but I will say they do, every Thursday, they do the regional Rumble events 
where you can get extra practice in practicing for the Play Pokemon Go regional tournaments happening starting in Baltimore the weekend of the 16th through the 18th. So this weekend? Yeah, the weekend of this recording. (laughs) It might already be going on by the time it get this episode gets put out. So hats off to Mazer. Y'all are doing a a great job. Thanks for being courteous. So I think we are good to move on to... Copper, not yep. bronze. Nope, not that. <laughs> Do you have any other teams that look interesting that you want to take a look at? Well, our spotlight team for Copper is Flesh and Dorella Story because that is true. Because that name just flows, and they they put up a strong win. I was gonna. I think that kind of pegs them as the Cinderella story of the the tier. Yeah, they're they're trying to write their own story over here. Well, they did a good job taking out the San Antonio-based Silph League team. And taking a quick look at Great League, we have some unusual picks in Shadow Hypno and Shadow Hitmonchan, as well as Dusclops and Ferrothorn. Really going. That sp- is a team. They 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 went quite spicy on the on the side of Flesh and story. When we when we check back after this next bout, I'm going to be surprised if they're not a little bit more meta after dropping two after two watching. Their three games but yeah we'll we'll see we'll see maybe maybe they'll just keep bringing the spice (laughs) bring the spice the whole way through that's how you win uh of note on top of just being a spicy team in general they also didn't bring a restricted pick and their opponent again on that Galarian Stunfisk. I think a lot of people use Galarian Stunfisk because it's tanky. Well, I mean, there's, just... there's nothing that does Galarian Stunfisk's job like Galarian Stunfisk. It's it's a little it's a little unique in that spot, especially because it beats most of the rest of the restricted list, or at least can do some good damage back. Like, I know the Metacham matchup is bad, but even the Trevenant matchup, which is listed as the loss in the one shield is super close like single hp at the end for the trevenant mm-hmm. i think okay yes hitmonchan does get access to counter so it can give some pressure put some pressure on galarian galarian stunfist oh yeah like shadow shadow hitmonchan is is a great pick but it's <laughs> it's it's just an interesting setup all around for for that uh, great league slot that's in that bout especially if you put close combat on shadow hitmonchan and if they let it through <laughs> which you know honestly looking at it if they i think they might have because if you put the close combat if you can land the close combat you beat the galarian stun fist scrafty and you take put massive damage on that ligatung double psychic though that's that's also unusual but i think chrysalia there is functioning more as a moon bla- as a as a moon blast user than a, a, a future site user Sta- standing in as a uh, fairy type yeah i get day seven and they suspect nothing <laughs> <laughs> the, the duck face is here to stay. That was, Crest was one of the ones, even from last cycle, that stood out as one of the bulkier Pokemon that didn't get included in the big uh, restricted list, alongside stuff like Diggersby, where I'm not surprised to see those picks popping up again pretty, fer- like, fairly frequently. Right. And then, of course... So I'm gonna skip over the 3-0 on the prime in the primeval slot just because. But there's a Drodagon. There is a Drodagon, and the opponent ran. I don't know what they ran. I can't find a core other than Dragon Ice. Okay, fine. I'll look into it first. <laughs> you twisted my arm. <laughs> you twisted my arm. 
I forced your so, hand. <laughs> so, Drodagon is a very fun pick to use. Uh, my time using it in the Love Cup, I absolutely enjoyed it. However, the only thing I could really see is the opponent um, The opponent used Alolan Graveler, Altaria, Sudowoodo, Snowy Castform, Sceptile, and Munchlax. And it looks like it was just hard countered by the Tabofini, Sudowoodo, Hesalian Quillfish, Cradley, and Dredagon as well. Well, and it, it, the big the big story just, I, I keep looking back at that Dredagon and then looking at the other team and saying like, there's no Dragon Resist on that team. No, you're right. And the, the neat thing about Dredagon is, while most Dragon types in the Primeval Cup are using Dragon Breath for that fast damage, Dredagon is using Dragon Tail, which hits hard and charges hard, but doesn't hit as often. And so so it kind of function as like a dragon pivot or actually I'm just going to leave it at dragon pivot. That sounds cooler. <laughs> it's 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 not as much tapping. It's not as furious on the on the phone screen. You won't break your phone screen, that's for sure. And uh, now looking at the other team, can't help but notice there's another Dragon. There is Except this one, this team looks really, really good all around. Aside from, you know, both of them are running Auroras. Both of them... Super yeah. <laughs> both of them brought... Oh, no, they, this one didn't. Cash, Cash Money's brought two dragons in Gudra and Dragonite with a fairy and lantern user and have one, I think that's how you say it, brought one dragon, one ice, one fairy, and then shored it up with a poison type with Shiftry to leave to put lantern at home, to send lantern home, and Sudowoodo to smack around Auroras because Auroras is an ice rock type and Sudowoodo with counter is just gonna melt the dang thing. I haven't fought one yet but I'm very scared to when I actually fight an Auroras. I'm noticing an interesting pattern just now that we're kind of focusing on primeval for this first bout where it seems like there's a lot of the team pairs that will run kind of a similar core like maybe they'll finish out the team slightly different but they'll have it seems like collectively found something that works really well and say this is where our team landed this week. That is an interesting observation. I did not notice that at all. I mean, obviously there's, you were talking about some of the varying cores or matched up cores for the other kind of deep dives we did where it's not always the case, but I think there's something to be said when you have this double slot and you're putting up five or six points using almost exactly the same team or at least at very least the same core on both teams uh that is an excellent point to make and i think the train of thought behind it is hey this score this score this core looks really really dominant let's put it together and practice with it and if you can get your prime if you can 3-0 in prime evil you get half the points you need to win yeah that's that's which huge. <laughs> yeah I think that's where they put their their players that have the best chemistry on that on that team because it really feels like especially a primeval player like myself the teammate I you I have with me is Moist Donut. He and I have been practicing pretty much every single day and sometimes he wins and other times I barely lose. But, you know, at the end of the day that chemistry that we bring together is kind of the reason why we're both we're both just building each other up even though he beats me every single time. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you get that immediate feedback though and you get someone who can help you delineate like should should I have lost that game or was that just I did something silly versus like if it's something you need to go back to your team and actually change true definitely if you're on a faction team and if you end up playing the same meta as another player get yourself a moist donut tier partner that will give you instant feedback when you can <laughs> those are those are hard to come by though this is true um otherwise so that um, just looking, okay. looking at uh, the rest of the tier, and aside from beginner to winner, like they were all pretty close. This one definitely could be an up in the air, up in the air type match, or up in the air type tier, excuse me, where it'll be as wild as the 2007 NCAA football season, where all the top ranked teams were losing, and there were upsets left and right, but I will say that the eventual winner, even though they lost in week one, or excuse me, bout one, is going to be seven deadly simps, because Netflix. Netflix anime. Netflix anime is an anime, and I'm here for the seven deadly sins. What is their actual uh, logo? So their actual logo is the, and this is going to be me get, being very nerdy for a second, but their actual logo is a red Gyarados that is that is based off of the Dragon Sin Meliodas's tattoo or Sin Mark. I didn't read the manga. Manga. I only read. I only watched the anime but I want to read the manga next. Well, now that now that you've pointed it out, like it, it's it's an Ouroboros, so it's also the Full Metal Alchemist uh, homunculus sign, right? Oh, I did not notice that. All right, I'm I'm with it now. I can I can uh, join up with this seven deadly sims business. Okay, we we got you on we got you on the team. I, I still have to, I still have to shout out Vile Jeffs from beginner to winner for throwing his primeval slot. Again, they took they took five points there, so they, it doesn't look like they kind of did the similar team building that we were talking about. But man, that that block is just worth so much, right? And so that is, I think the the main strategy is putting out is if you can win the primeval the primeval slots, you're in a better shot of winning the whole thing because so many points are available from this one. And I think it's rare that I've seen that the teams that we spotlight have have won one primeval slot and lost the other. You know, except us because Moist Donut won his and I lost mine. But we still ended up losing. So I mean your your team, the Seven Deadly Simps, also went essentially even in their primeval so it actually came down to the other slots for them yeah the the three three o's hurt they hurt a heck of a lot more than two ones and one twos yeah let's 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 aim to avoid the the o threes yeah alrighty. so i guess our i guess our matchup to watch for this upcoming bout is that seven deadly sims playing beginner to winner i think that one is gonna be super fun i think seven deadly sins will pull off the upset and win 12 to 9 that i mean big u-turn i'm i know i'm no good at guessing points but i i just i just want to see if our kind of growing theory about the the heart of this cycle being primeval gets to have legs after this next bout right and we can't necessarily count out the spice is right fighting fletch and Dorella story either even though we're following Fletch and Dorella's story for a little bit, they the Spice is right, and Fletch and Dorella, who won one, one of those teams that are undefeated is losing this time. Yeah, it's it's always nice to come out of bout one one zero, but you're gonna you're gonna be up against tough competition every week. So how you maintain that integrity from one bout to the next is 
part of what makes factions so entertaining. Right. The the double-edged side to that is you have to bring your A-game date week in and week out if you're fighting. Otherwise, it might be time to take an alternate spot and take a, a take some time off to rest up, get in the right headspace. <laughs> is this is this our reliable segue into bronze? Like, speaking of teams that don't have any alternates? This is, actually. <laughs> I was actually gonna jump right into that one. Oh, good so it happens it happens to be across the across the aisle from our highlight or our spotlight team our spotlight team for this week or in the bronze tier is beaming and screaming A- again because of that logo <laughs> the crying vaporeon is what does it for me it's like but who, who hurt you and why are you still smiling about it I think they got hit by a solar beam and just and was just able to tank it <laughs> but yes we're gonna start there so nm pvp is only running with seven players and boy do they have their work cut out for them i don't know about y'all but i cannot fight week to week to week i will i will try to take at least one week off to recover and not get burnt out from this game or or even just like to do life stuff like it's it's not even necessarily like that one match a week is all that taxing but being there for teammates and building teams and just like all the collaboration that goes into that is it's all all adds up and takes from you know human things you might need to do this is true and i have to take two bouts off for a life event that is happening where i am finally tying the knot and getting married so yay congratulations senior taco i will have a mrs taco by my side and i will make her love pokemon go as much as i do whether she likes it or not (laughs) i was gonna ask (laughs) if anyone loves pokemon go as much as you do no and anyone that claims to is wrong. <laughs> Actually, maybe we can be on the we can be on the Pokemon Go loving level together. It's it's really just about being happy that someone else loves something as much as they do or they get that joy out of it this is true there is there there are also the power couples in like home communities that everybody's like you know what that's goals right there but before we segue too much into that we gotta we gotta recap this bronze tier so beaming and screaming didn't get all their points in all their 21 points because the great league slot just failed to play against each other which i mean i guess i can point out that this is our first heads up trevenant in the restricted slot so i mean it it looks like it would have been a fun match but i think this was just a case of nm pvp probably deciding that they were already done like i, I don't know how it works as far as like a forfeit or how that gets decided like oh both players just decided or were unavailable maybe they the captains will file a dispute and try to get a team and try to get try to get players to play against each other to play with each other or find a time that works unfortunately if both players are unavailable to fight during specified times and no agreement can be reached then essentially what happens is trying to break out break down and this is a gross oversimplification so if i'm wrong yes i'm okay with being wrong they take a zero zero because you know you just couldn't find the time to fight or nobody reached out to anybody or there was not enough an attempt there's a myriad of reasons well and it, i mean i guess there's also then one extra layer here because there is no alternate that just makes it less likely that a sub can jump in right however you if you have to use an emergency sub it's got to be you're only allowed two per cycle and i believe it has to be done before the lineups get revealed, which makes sense because you don't want to have to use an emergency sub after the lineups have been revealed and that player gets an extra time to kind of hard counter their team doesn't sound too fair and so i'm doing i'm doing thinking because 
I was like, I'm pretty, like, you would at least need to have set a team to not have given up the two points already, right? Correct. So if a team is set, I think I I think I read it once where it was just like, you have to use whatever team is listed. Oh, I must have skimmed over that one <laughs> when I was just reading the contract and said, yep, Bowler, I want to be on the team. Thanks for inviting me. I have no idea what I'm doing. This is, I mean, this is also kind of niche territory as far as jumping into a matchup that you aren't on the register for but again it's it's just odd to see a zero zero at this level right and so that that's kind of just you know things happen it's out of our control we'll we'll chalk it up to we'll chalk it up to bout one yeah bout one bout one blues is what we'll call it trademark <laughs> and then of course you had beaming and screaming taking both the primeval slots in winning with a triple dragon core versus fairy and ice all the dragons are even lined up next to each other they didn't even try to hide it they're just like nope i'm bringing all the dragons and you know the same the teammate also brought three dragons but i'm pretty sure that haxorus is running a excuse me is running counter instead of dragon tail and and that's an that's an interesting strategy because as far as i know that's the only other available counter user right correct actually i could just fact check it <laughs> i gotta stop i gotta stop check. just saying correct and it's like actually no wait check let me. me fact check this yeah i uh, i ran haxorus yes in, it is in one of the other self metas haxorus sudowoodo and bonsley okay so so bonsley at least has a chance if you're going full xl mode yeah but who wants to use xl candies on a baby pokemon of all things yeah why why do that when you could use the xl on your pseudo for ultra league instead <laughs> xls are dumb and i hate them and they're stupid and i you can't change my mind on that well if we want to focus on xl for a couple more seconds here we can check out the one slot that uh beaming screaming didn't win which is the master league slot okay we'll look at it oh mega venusaur cool matched up against mega charizard so i feel like that has something to do with it but then i also see this genesect chill drive which you know they when it gets talked about by certain youtubers like oh this is gonna be a good match league or whatever it's like okay sure i'll take your word for it but i think this is it's starting to creep up it's it's already putting in work in week one and one th- and of course zacian is there which is the most the second i think in my opinion the second most broken pokemon in master league right behind dialga also the most broken pokemon in vgc (laughs) don't remind me i mean at least now it has been offered again so the the masses have it as possible to get the xl and level to 50 in a more natural way as opposed to like it was out for a couple weeks over a year ago and uh, people didn't think it was good right away, so like it was pretty low-key at the time. And then people ran it and saw it was very polarizing yeah. and said, you know what, this is the new Garatina. Oh, it turns out we were wrong. So yeah, those two, those two next to each other is kind of funny for that reason also. I was also going to say, mainly because this is another one of those Pokemon where when Snarl got, I think Snarl got a buff and created more energy that it was the unintentional like the unintentional receiver of that or maybe snarl didn't get an energy buff and i'm just being crazy i'm not familiar enough with like the timing of those things but i feel like umbreon had the snarl buff and that was a long time ago then that that might be what i'm thinking about So I, as, as in my brain, I don't, I don't think those are related, but I could be wrong. Also, I have a little bit of a first world problem because I have one Hundo Zacian that I was really thinking about transferring into home, but then I remembered I won't use it in Pokemon 
Sword and Shield. So I'm gonna leave it in Pokemon Go. But if I had more, definitely would be one of the ones I transferred. I guess I guess that's one of the things you can kind of leverage for yourself if you're going to build the 50 Zacian is if you have the 15, 15, 14 functional hundo, hundo for 50, you could send the actual hundo to home for the other games right not not feel so guilty about it yeah that's kind of like my my achilles heel is oh i know these pokemon are good in vgc but do i really want to send them to home and never come back to go and the answer nine times out of ten is no it's like yeah we see we see mewtwo coming out ahead again and i suspect that has something to do with it as well do you think that dragonite ran superpower uh uh, that's a good question against this team um like just looking at the team i feel like the default is yes but then that gives you literally nothing that you can hit primarina with zacian or genesect using tech or no zacian using wild charge maybe Oh, I just, I just meant, I just meant on the Dragonite itself. Oh, just in general, okay. Yeah, especially, especially since they've already got that Mega Charizard X on the team, also. But I mean, yeah, I think, I think just is probably good practice to assume if you see a Dragonite that it'll be superpower just to take a chunk out of the steals. <laughs> yeah, the Master League Azumarill, as you call it. Yeah, those the Water Fairies have expanded from Great League and just showing up in every league now. You know, I. I honestly remember when Sun and Moon came out, I thought Primarina was the stupidest looking Pokemon ever, and now it's really good in the Master League, and it makes me want one. And it it doesn't even have Hydro Cannon yet. I know! That's just Charm. Dude, Charm Hydro Cannon. I, mm. I don't want to think about that. Does it does it have a signature move? I, I think so, because Incineroar had one. Where it was like the, the darkest Lariat or whatever. And so I think that... I think that... You know, all of them had their own. Oh, Sparkling Aria. Aria? It's a song? Yeah, Aria. Cool. It is the the signature move of Primarina. So we've, we've got a couple lower energy charge moves potentially coming for that Pokemon that's already doing well without them. Yeah, we don't need to make Primarina stronger than it needs to be. <laughs> I mean, that, that said, I do hope NM PvP find some success in this cycle with seven people i think that's going to be really telling just that they've got that strong core and they can hopefully attract three more people to fill out their roster right you know what nmp and nm pvp even though you only have seven people i believe that you will still end up in stay in bronze here at the end of this and three people will join your cause i think maybe if there's you know three teammates you're looking for you might want to reach down into the open tiers because I know I know that's where a lot of people like to be scooped up from. Just saying. Are, are you are you uh, are you looking for a, a leg up here? No, I was like, no, Bowler, I'm not leaving. I, <laughs> I, I told him I was staying till the end of the season, so I have we have I'm I'm a taco of my word, and I will stay till the end of cycle three or season season two. Yeah. Both of those are the same thing, right? Yes. <laughs> I think our last kind of focus point for bronze is that socal swab blue blue remains undefeated i know it was close but well the thunderdome is no team to the thunderdome are no team to kind of sleep on they will destroy you there are also yet. quite a few three o's in this bout overall for for a 9 12 there are four three o's like three of them are one side on one side granted but still well, each team definitely each team definitely brought their a game and because the even though the two ones were in favor of the thunderdome those one points 
was was in actuality the thing that brought SoCal Swablu blue over the edge. So this is a this is a textbook case or a case study of every point counts. And again, it's it's looking like SoCal Swablu. That primeval slot, they took four points there. They took four points to two. That'll that'll be it. And then C Kingpin coming down from, I think it was gold tier. Yeah. They the revenge tour for C Kingpin has started. So I think this is their thirteen to eight win over Busta Mime is putting the. I think he's gonna put the tier on notice. Yeah, they're they're unhappy being relegated. And I'm going to be surprised if they don't move right back up. I do also want to point out that when Sea Kingpin plays against SoCal Swablu Blue, that will be an incredible fight. Yeah, them and Demon and Screamin', I want to see. And it's it's a little, a little sad that we don't get any of our kind of top picks playing each other this next bout, but it'll it'll give a little bit more tension before we get the, the heads-up plays. Right, and so I think that about covers Bronze tier, looking at just like the the second cycle or the second bout excuse me of matches i think even though the thunderdome lost they could be the team that gets that they can place anywhere in the top four this is the territory though where it's really just those top two and bottom two that have the the mobility right no so in this one the top one gets promoted two tiers up numbers two three and four get promoted one tier ten gets relegated two tiers and then ninth eighth and seventh gets gets relegated one tier oh so there's there's really just two slots that stay that's yeah that's still a lot of movement but that that is correct so that's from iron all the way to or excuse me from bronze no sorry yeah from bronze up is that route and then iron the winner gets taken all the way to the gets sent all the way to bronze like in socal swablu's case generally speaking from iron tier the top four teams get moved up the winner gets the winner of iron tier gets promoted to bronze two three and four get moved up to copper and so on and so forth and then from iron the bottom i guess i guess the thing i'm just still internalizing is that aside from iron which is the one that only keeps two and has four that move on either end that the others above it still have three that move up so i have i have three picks to give for people that move up and my brain for some reason it was two. Oh, you know what i got bronze completely wrong so bronze tier 10th gets sent down two tiers 9th and 8th get relegated 4th 5th 6th and 7th stay they're gonna be fine and then the whoever wins bronze tier gets moved up two spots and then second and third also get moved up it's just the iron tier where two teams stay and then starting from copper four teams stay hopefully you know once we make it up there it'll be a lot easier to keep track of <laughs> you know fighting i honestly think fighting round robin style is a lot easier than fighting swiss well it's yeah it's it, there's there's way less mystery about who you're playing where it's it's much more of a you will play your way through everyone and can even map it out for yourself if you want. Like, there's no reason why you can't kind of start strategizing against specific teams from the beginning if you want. Right. And so I think I think with, you know, bronze tier kind of being, or not not bronze tier, excuse me, copper tier kind of being that, that test of, or yeah, bronze tier kind of being that test of win and you get, you get a lot of prizes in the form of promotion, lose and well you're gonna get hit a lot harder or you're gonna get hurt a lot harder excuse me that definitely starts to see in that instance and i think 
copper tier is kind of copper and bronze tier are kind of the ones that are like they separate the the proverbial cream of the crop per se yeah you you've kind of made it into the actual faction stratification once you get past iron <laughs> that is true you've, you've earned some staying power but yeah i'm i'm very much looking forward to how beaming and screaming doesn't bow to against what i hope is a, a full fully played out matchup this time and same goes for nm pvp not because anyone didn't set teams or anything like that but just because i want to see them bounce back after not playing an entire slot yeah i think that beaming and screaming will have a little bit of the work cut out for them fighting against the swell sprout but i think they'll pull off either a very close victory or a very close defeat. That would be my that would be my prediction in this. All right. So with all four of the tiers covered and the tiers have been previewed, we are going to take a short break. But we will be back after these messages. Music for this podcast episode has been brought to you by the amazingly talented video game arranger, The Zame. You can find him on Twitter at Zamit or his YouTube channel. Link will be in the description below. Hello, this is Professor Elm, and I'm in a bit of a predicament. I was wondering if there were any eccentric trainers who would be willing to make a delivery of some sorts. You see, Mr. Pokemon, just outside Cherry Grove City, has informed me that he has a very rare Pokemon egg that would be great for my research. He even has some company in, the famous Pokemon Professor Oak. If you are able to, but do not have any Pokemon, no worries. I have three Pokemon that would be just beautiful for the adventure over there. Unfortunately, you can only choose one Pokemon. They are Chikorita, Cyndaquil, or Totodile. These three Pokemon, one of these three Pokemon, will help you in case you get tangled in the weeds and have to fight off against some Rattatas or Sentrits. I really hope that you guys, I really hope that somebody can pick up this delivery soon as Pokemon eggs are vital to my research. Did I mention I was Professor Elm? Enter the Dragonair's Den has been made possible by Anchor. Anchor is an all-in-one platform that allows you to create, edit, and distribute your podcast easily and seamlessly. You are able to distribute to Google, Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. If you would like to give this podcasting stuff a try, Anchor is one of the fastest and easiest ways to start it up. They even have a built-in app that allows you to create podcasts on the go. For more information, visit anchor.fm. I can't wait to give your new podcast a listen. We're back. I hope you enjoyed those that those commercials because I know I did. Commercials are the lifeblood of commerce. <laughs> <laughs>
So we're going to take this time to plug our Patreon. It was refined a little bit last week. And so you can support this podcast for as little as a dollar. It will give you, grant you special access into the Patreon section of our Discord, as well as get you into the recording booth so you can ask questions and have Q&As with the creators, myself and Jet. We also, we also do have a... Obviously, we have the Discord, and we do not yet have a Twitter, so you can continue to at TacoDog underscore 8 if you have any bits of feedback. We also would appreciate a follow and a rating uh, wherever you listen to the pod- the podcast. And if it's funny enough, or if it's really... Um, or if it's really, really nice, it might get read up. But it might get read here on the episode, so you'll be immortalized on our podcast forever. Your cleverness will finally pay off. That's true. So it is now time for our community engagement section. Last week we asked you, of all the Pokemon that got new and updated moves, which one are you most excited to use and why? MC Mario says, "Hitmonlee Double Kick. Feed action is crazy. Didn't we?" talk about hitmonlee a little bit last episode we, we kind of said that it exists and that it is a pokemon that can do something now but still needs a little bit of help it is uh it does get it does get access to close combat and stone edge correct yeah so it's 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 kind of similar to how a hitmon top works just with the the brand new move to make it do something so instead of counter it gets double kick it's not going to be my go-to hitmon but i can see it being used in some certain events and definitely in some sylph formats neat and then our next comment also came from spotify it was it's from e sanchez 0411 he says hydreigon use using brutal swing because it wrecks any psychic type pokemon came in handy during Di- deoxys raid hour technically uh-huh. that that, that's one that I actually need to set up. I was saying that out loud during the Deoxys raids. I was like, man, I have my old Hydreigon still. I need to use the Brutal Swing one. You know, I, speaking of Hydreigon uh, with Brutal Swing, even though it is a Surf clone, it, I think it's really good for PvE. And I think that might be a nice Dark Horse pick for some Master League formats, since now you have Dragon Breath. Brutal Swing, which is your Surf clone, you can definitely, aside from hardwalling Mewtwo, you might be able to get a leg up on some of, on some unsuspecting people. It does also kind of push people towards their charm coverage fix, knowing that you can do some real damage with that. You mean Togekiss? Just Togekiss? Togekiss. <laughs> the Master League Azumarill. I'm sorry, what? You, you know, the... The Primarina, the Master League is. Oh, I was like, hold on, someone's running Master, someone's running Azumarill in Master League, and then you said Primarina. I'm like, oh, you mean what Azumarill does, but better? You, you know, the one with charm. <laughs> I completely forgot about Primarina. That one also get used, gets used in Sylph uh, factions regularly. And yeah, I, I feel like when you have something double weak to charm, you really are playing the the cat and mouse game with any fairies on the other team but you can take advantage of it you're playing with fire i will burn you (laughs) so thank you to you two for answering our community question it is now time for this week's community question which is by the time ultra league comes out 
what is your favorite go-to Ultra League team? It can be as meta as Trevenant, Talonflame, Wallring, or as spicy as Porygon Z, Hisuian, <laughs> Hisuian Arcanine, and Flygon. I wonder whose team that might be. Uh, me. <laughs> it might be. It might be mine. It just. It just might be Chaco's team. <laughs> you know, there's nothing more amazing than landing a well-timed earthquake and just watching all those Registeels cry, lock on tears of shame, because they just got their butt kicked by the greatest Pokemon of all time. Whether yeah, whether it's Flygon or Nidoqueen, I feel like there's an extra bit of satisfaction for the people who choose to run Earthquake over Earth Power and land it. It just oh man, it's it's such a big difference in damage. But yes, so obviously in season one or season one, in episode one, I made a commitment to do at least four maxed out sets a week. Yeah. To do twenty sets a week, which is four sets so technically 100 games a week yeah 100 games a week and i realized that i don't have a lot of ultra league mons for a team but i have a lot of master league for the premiere for the premiere classic not open because i'm not rich enough for that so this one's going to be a little bit of i want to see your favorite teams and i might borrow some of those teams and if i use them i'm definitely going to shout them out here on the podcast even if it's terrible and I think it's neat, I'm still going to try it. One thing that you can do to help yourself is take note that the whole second week of Ultra League coming up is Premier Classic. So you can just go ahead and make yourself a non-XL Ultra League team that works in Open or in the Weather Cup and have it ready for week two. Ooh, I will definitely take note of that. And you save some dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and some candy. Actually, I'm getting a little high on the XL Rare Candies. I got a hundred of them, and I'm a little scared to use them on, like, a Legendary because I'm afraid that that Legendary will come back, and I'm just going to go, you son of a gun. It is nice that they seem to be dropping more again. There was definitely that first event where they came out, and it was cool that they existed at all, and even if they were super rare, but then... It was kind of like they forgot about them. <laughs> and even if you were doing in-person raids, they weren't really dropping. So then I'm glad they're a thing again in a more reliable way now. Yeah. I need to go back and check to see if I have enough Latios and Latias XL candy. Because I raided the absolute stuffing out of them for their energy. I, I may have done too many of them also. I still remember that raid train. We did... We did 28 Latios and Latias raids, and we we found that we hated Mega Latias a lot more than Mega Latios. Well, and I mean, if you were if you were chasing the shiny or the Shendo, that's that's one thing. But knowing that it's not going to be as useful as a raid attacker is difficult. <laughs> also, knowing it's the harder of the two to beat just because it has higher defense makes the whole thing a little bit tricky like obviously by this point if you banked a ton of energy they're both probably mega level three so it doesn't really matter but um actually i haven't mega it but i have the energy to do it oh man you're missing out on that that free bonus candy and bonus candy xl i'm aware (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, oh, we just we just had the psychic event. That <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> when it would have been useful. I I I demand um, uh, the uh, you know yeah I can't even. This is the okay. second week in a row of tacos goofs, and this is I'm, what we're going with. I'm gonna put this one out there for you, just and you can do with it what you will. If you have any Pokemon that's Mega Level Three, if you're raiding a Legendary and you catch it by default, you get two bonus candy. Oh, yeah. So it's it's definitely worth it. And if you happen to have a Mega Level Three Pokemon that's the same type as the Pokemon you're raiding, then you're getting an extra XL candy most of the time. Yeah, so it's 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 worthwhile. I should probably, you know, get on this. It adds. <laughs> well, there's a steel event coming up. I got a Steelix max. I got a Steelix to max out, and it's perfect. All right, I'll get on it. <laughs> and honestly, the part that hurts the most is just going from Mega Level One to Two because the energy investment is much higher and you don't get the bonus XL until you get to Mega Level 2. So there's a few of them, at least for me, that I knew that I was kind of just waiting until it was free to do it again for a bunch of them, all the way to Mega Level 2. I think I did Mega Ampharos for me. Right now my only Mega 2s are Pidgeot, Venusaur, and Charizard. There's also a few that are just cheaper. Like, that's the part that I don't really understand. It's kind of ambiguous, but... There are some that are much easier to get to three, just as far as the energy is concerned. Oh shoot, you know what I just realized? I did not do a single Mega Alakazam raid. You can... They're around until the Steel event starts on Friday, so you still got a couple days. Nuts! <laughs> <laughs> shoot! Okay, you know what, I'm just gonna call the segment after community engagement, Taco's Taco of the Week. <laughs> Taco's Catch-Up Corner? Yeah, Taco's Ketchup Corner, <laughs> Weebly Taco for messing up the simplest of things. The the salsa bar, if you will. You know what? That's a better one. Ta- the salsa bar. Oh. <laughs> Alrighty. So, <laughs> on that note, we're not going to go into GBL progress. Where did did you play your hundred games? I have actually. I've been doing really well. I'm not going to say I've been winning because yeah, I've been trying out a lot of new teams. Me, I finally me, lost really a hop. The lower ranks are four. Like, especially after we got a huge move update. Like, if you were if you were getting super sweaty about it, I think you're playing the game wrong. Well, you know, a lot of people are going to be super sweaty those first ten ones because they want to increase their win streak to, like, 40 kajillion. There, there were quite a few people who were speedrunning the rank 1 to 20 this time where they were just top lefting <laughs> and I heard quite a few anecdotes of people running into other tankers and the only reason they won any games was because someone top lefted faster than them <laughs> <laughs> dang because you know rank 1 to 6 you don't even have to win any games it's I think rank 7 you need to win 1 that's a fair assumption uh so yes, I have been doing my my matches, and I'm, I'm really surprised at myself because there was there was like two days where I didn't play any of them. But then I remembered like the first the first two days I didn't play any, and then I just maxed out from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I just went straight on through, and so uh, unfortunately, I finally lost to a hop oh, with no, a no. with a double. Ugh. Yeah, they ran double Dunsparce. And Miltank. 
I feel like I saw way more double just the very first day or two, and now I can't tell you the last time I saw one. I haven't seen one either, and I hope it stays that way. I think I think people have moved on from, from the hop line. I haven't seen a lot of mill tanks running around either, but I think that we're going to see a lot in Ultra League. Mill tank doesn't need XL, does it? I don't or think is, so. Or, or is that a max out for Ultra? I'm, th- I'm thinking of it backwards, where it doesn't need the XL for Great League. Um, I don't think it does for Ultra League, but I could be wrong because I've been wrong many times. It does need XL. At level 50, a rank one is 4, 15, 15. Ooh, I could use my loading. Neat. Is, do you have one evolved already? Or is that a 20 kilometer commitment? That's going to be a 20 kilometer commitment. <laughs> I mean, at least Ultra doesn't start until, you know, 12 hours from now. I only re- I only need a one week to do it because actually less. I can just go for a very long bike ride. That's that's Google Fit coming through right there. Yeah, I, I could lose another five pounds of it's, it's blubber. <laughs> that too. On that note, after the salsa bar and GBL progress, Jet, what have you been doing on GBL? I've been doing pretty good i i did try out a few things of my own uh some of them were fun and worked well and then others like genesect did not go as well i watched a couple youtube videos and from the end of last season when they kind of secretly added normal technoblast to the low or regular genesect and i had the event ones from long ago and i was like oh yeah i can elite tm one of those and see how it does and it's just not great like it's it's almost good but even even with all the support in the world it was kind of difficult to get it finding the right things because the overall typings kind of don't hit a lot for even neutral coverage and then the thing is frail even though it doesn't have like type weaknesses apart from fire like the the Genesect doesn't really get its stats until you get up to Master League range. Yeah. So that one that one did not work as well as the Jump Bluff. I think Jump Bluff was where I left off last week, and that team did really well. I was actually going to ask you, because you said you were going to use your last two sets on Jump Bluff with Fairy Wind, and I haven't. I still have yet to see a Jump Bluff with Fairy Wind, so I have to ask, how is it doing for you? It, it did well, and I've seen a few people running it in when I went from rank, what was it, 18 to 20 today, and there were, there were a few hanging out in the back, and if you don't have something, like if you don't have at least an extra shield or something that can tank in acrobatics like it's it's kind of disheartening to see there because with the fairy wind it gets to the moves much more reliably now and it because the fire the fairy wind is a two-turn move it's always sneaking where bullet seed you could kind of time better because it's a three-turn and it's just it's it's always getting energy. It's always there smiling at you, menacingly. And and it's it's got the bolt to... It can take a sky attack from Skarmory. Like, the thing is spooky in the right situations. I'm sorry, did you just say you can take a tank a sky attack from Skarmory? It sure, it can. sure can. I am gonna... If you'll excuse me, I've got some dust to burn on this jump pluff that I have. And I mean, that's, a, that's kind of the nice thing is... It was a community day Pokemon after 
XLs were a thing, so you even probably have a good one just chilling in your box. Well, I have one before the... I have one before the community day. It was ranked three, but I still think... And I think it got up to 38 and a half is what I needed it to be. But now, uh, I'm not so sure. I cleared out my, my hop hips already. So I probably transferred it. Well, I, I will say it does need the acrobatics. So that is a little tough just because elite TMs are always going to hurt a little to use, especially on community day style Pokemon. But if it's still a rank three, I mean, why not? That's quality bulk. Or on the flip side, if you already invested in it, that's also a lot of dust you don't have to spend. Yeah, just one elite TM. Just one. That's it. Which I think December Community Day will give us a dust bonus. Or if I'm wrong, it'll just be January Community Day. On the plus side, you do get an elite TM from hitting rank 19, so you'll get it right back. Yeah, because we got a fast TM last time, right? I think that's how it works. Yeah, I know it alternates. Which is like I, a-okay I for me. I just get it today. I'm pretty sure it was charged yet. That's fair. Alrighty. So, whoopsies. Alright, so are you excited for to fighting in the Ultra League? Uh, only because I know that you're going to be trying to play it like in a more earnest way. I think I also said that I wanted to play more of the higher leagues this time also. I think I'm going to try to adapt a team that worked well for me a few seasons ago, which was Escav, Gallade, and Lapras. That looks. That sounds really nice. Where it was more, it was a premier team, but I think I can tinker and possibly find that new niche for it. That's fair. I'm gonna try out the the doggy, the doggos, Verizian and Cobalion. The see souls? how well they see how well they go. I mean, PB Poke seems to think that they're they're the captain now. <laughs> Verizian is the best grass type in the game, and Cobalion goes, you know what, Registeel? I'm going to come for you. And I think that's maybe the thing I'm most excited about, is just that the old guard is being challenged. Yeah. Giratina is still Giratina, and it now has ancient power that does more damage again, but at least you're not getting boosted on as often, or Or as hard. I guess guess, uh, the boost isn't going to be as high. Yeah, it's, it's it's not as game altering <laughs> cries in cries in not Gar- not having garatina yeah i mean i that that style of play just never appealed to me as much and it is it is also why i play ultra league the way that i do is that i, I think maybe i should commit to trying to do two sets just because they take so much longer mm, that's it true is, it, it does take a little bit longer, longer. It is the one thing I appreciate about cups like the Psychic Cup is, okay, yeah, the meta's dumb, and it's super tiny, but the games are so fast. <laughs> it's like, same with Flying Cup. It's just like, you're, you're going to win or lose the game in the next minute and a half, probably. That's fair. Because that, that's very, like, RPS-y, so if they, like, if they went out, if you led Shadow Aerodactyl and they led Steelwing Skarmory, you're now on the back foot, unless you put your Steelwing Skarmory in. Or even just like the the mirrors even don't take that long, especially if you have shadows or just most of the Pokemon are more attack weighted. Gotcha. Well, the let's hope that you find success, continue success in the Ultra League. We're gonna we're gonna get our feet wet. <laughs> See if uh, watch by the end of I'll say by the end of the Ultra Leagues here. I'm gonna say you know what Ultra League is the best league. You can fight me down in the comments. 
I I won't fight you, but I feel like I'm still going to be a conscientious objector. <laughs> That's fair. Games games shouldn't take that long. Pokemon is just chess with monsters. Nah, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> You're just like, no, never mind. Never mind. I'm not gonna go that. I've said some wild stuff, but not, I'm not even gonna go, touch that. That one. one. That one. I was just waiting to see if there was gonna be another layer or not. Nah, <laughs> no. There's just one on this one. Monster chess. That's all. That's all I have. But uh, I think that is the that is a show for this week. It was a show. <laughs> Jet, do you have any final words for everyone? Uh, I mean, by the next time we record, we're going to have probably two more bouts under everyone's belt. And I think we're going to have a much better view of how the teams are likely to perform. And I'm, I'm just super excited to see if Bronze Tier really is the closest score-wise. Because, man, Open Tier was not, not anywhere near as... Uh, as quiet as I expected. We literally had every single score combination that could have happened happen, except for the twenty, the unobtainable twenty to one. Wait, no, that's not unobtainable. That is obtainable. Twenty to one. <laughs> I mean, we we skipped over some of the unlikely ones that didn't add up to twenty one. So we'll 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 give you those. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, until next time. Keep your dragon fangs sharp, stay away from ice and fairy types, and we will see you next week. Have a good Johto fall.